This is our fourth class since Yom Tif. The first class we talked about the idea that Avraham's journey as a Jew began with his mind and went from his mind to his soul. The second class we discussed why we have to learn from our ancestors. What are we learning from them? That even though their Judaism is lower than ours, we have to go through the steps they went through, which is the human, the personal step of having a personal relationship with Hashem, even though we're born Jewish and born with all of Judaism as our inheritance, we should do that, but at the same time go back and make Judaism personal for us, it was personal for them. And last week we added the idea of the first Jew. What is a Jew? A Jew is someone who listens to God. That's the meaning of the word. God gives instructions and we follow without reason. Which is why in the Torah, Avraham Avinu's life is not recorded until the age of 75. Notwithstanding that so much of what he did, perhaps some of the most important things that he did happened in his first 75 years, because it wasn't until 75 that God Almighty said, Lech Lecha. Lech Lecha means, do what I want, not what you want. In other words, serving God, teaching the whole world about God, is not yet Lech Lecha. It's still your version of God. Lech Lecha is God's version of God. We move on now to the next significant milestone in Ramavina's life, which is the Brismila. If I may restate what I just said slightly differently, I have developed an idea over the years, and, and I do believe it's based on the Sikhs, although if you pin me down and have a hard time pointing to each point, that Ramavina's life is an evolution. Step one, intellectual. Step two, prophet. Step three, follower of the divine command. Step four, a circumcised Jew. And step five, sacrificing his own son. To me, that's the journey of Avram's life. Each later step is higher and deeper than the step before. So we've talked about Avram the intellectual. We've maybe touched on Avram the prophet. We've certainly talked about Avram Avinu, the first Jew. We move on to the first commandment. And I'm going to begin to read immediately. Okay, now we're about to learn, you all know. This is classic. I mean, any person who's learned... Sichas level 1, Mrs. Spritzer knows this. <laughs> but we're learning it anyway. Okay. The staple should be on your left. Okay, this is a, uh, a staple graphical error. However you're supposed to say that. The staple should be on the right, it's on the left. No, it's my fault. Oiv dem was the Tater that tells. The Tater tells us, as Avram Avinu hatzich malgeven, Avram Avinu circumcised himself, erst, when there's alkeven, nine and nine secure. Avraham Avinu circumcised himself. He had a bris when he was 99 years old. Fragment. The question is very famous. Everybody asks this question. Avraham Avinu had doch. Mekayim grandiganza teira. Avraham did in fact. Doch means in fact or emphasis. Practice the whole teira. Noch eidaziyaz gigeben gevadim. Without God giving it, he already knew it. However he knew it, but he knew it. And he did it. Why? When it came to this one mitzvah, the mitzvah of circumcision, did he wait? God will command him. Why? He did everything else. He ate matzahs. Says in the Chumash, he ate matzahs. Why didn't he do a bris? Says the Rebbe. The answer to that question is another question. And what we're about to learn is really axiomatic to Hasidus. It's one of the most basic ideas you'll ever come across in Hasidus. We call it in the culture, Bitala which means basically the breaking of the divide, the breaking of the chasm between heaven and earth. Let's read it inside. Let the Rebbe do the talking. The Atman Frieh says the Rebbe. I'd like to preface first, 
dem Unterschied, the difference, zwischen die Mitzvahs, was die Ovis haben Makaim given Farmat and Teda, that separate the Mitzvahs that our ancestors did before the Teda was given, und die Mitzvahs, was die Jeden seine Makaim nochmat and Teda, as opposed to the Mitzvahs we do nowadays. And the Rebbe explains. The Kiyama Mitzvahs by the Ovis, our ancestors of Raham, Yitzchak, and Yankov, they did do Mitzvahs, but is given Mitzvah Reginim Kerem. They did mitzvahs with their own power. In other words, they have benid gehat. They were not given. Then bezunder and keach mo'mila the special gift, power from above. Or if kiyam ha mitzvahs to practice mitzvahs, because they were not commanded to do the mitzvahs. Was that evish that you gave unto yidden that was given to the Jewish people at Sinai, durach zayin sivoy by commanding them to do them by matan teira. The obvious didn't have this. In other words, girls. When you do a mitzvah, what are you doing? You're doing a beautiful thing. And you're doing what God said. Now what's the difference between saying, I did a beautiful thing and did what God said? When you do a beautiful thing, it's about you. And your opinion of beauty. When you're doing what God said, it's about God and God's desire. Now what happens if what the beautiful thing that you do and what God said are the same? God said to keep Shabbos. Shabbos is a beautiful thing. It really is a beautiful thing. It really, really is a beautiful thing. So there's an overlap. There's a, a meeting of something very beautiful on the human experience level, and there's the meeting between the Asher Kiddush of Mitzvah, the divine commandment. All mitzvahs, even the mitzvahs that we don't know the reasons for, really have reasons. And therefore all mitzvahs are really, quote, beautiful things, and doing what God wants. So there's two concepts here. There is what I am achieving as a human being doing a beautiful thing who perceives beauty in this to themselves, to my judgment, to my liking, to my measure, to my ability. And then there is the idea that this is what God said. Now, beautiful is a lot more fun, a lot more rewarding than God said. Everybody understands that. We'd much rather do things that we like than do things that we're supposed to do. But on the other hand, when you do something that God said, you are now connecting to God on God's terms. While when you're doing the beautiful things, you're connecting to God based on your definition of what beauty is. And this is what the Rebbe is saying. The Ovis did mitzvahs. We do the same mitzvahs. They did beautiful things. We're doing what God said. What does that mean? That means they couldn't do what God said. You know why they couldn't do what God said? Take one guess. Because they never said it. They were never told to do the mitzvahs. They knew the mitzvahs how. They were prophets. They were esoteric, as you know, uh, uh, mystics. They, they had powers. Like it says in Tanya, we had recently in Chitas. They were able to see into the heavens what the Torah is going to look like when it will be given and they practice it. But they were never told to do the mitzvahs. So they were doing beautiful things. We're also doing beautiful things. But far more important than the fact that we're doing beautiful things is that we're doing what God said. So who's closer to God? one doing a beautiful thing, or to say it backwards, someone who thinks that what God wants to do is beautiful, and one who's doing what God said, whether they like it or not. Now, obviously the answer is, it's more rewarding to do a beautiful thing. It's truer to do what God said. It feels better to me to do something that I like, but it's truer and on a loftier level to do not what I like, but what the Abishta likes. And this is what separates the Ovis from us. The Ovis did beautiful things.
And the Rebbe continues, page 9, or 1, on the right side, the bottom of the first column. I am eight lines from the bottom. Chach oich the Ovis, though the Ovis also. Habmikitan mitzvahs did mitzvahs. Moreover, they did mitzvahs bepoyel, mamish, and gashmias. They did the mitzvahs physically. They were not capable of permeating, of pervading, of boring through. With the holiness of the mitzvahs, the devarim gashmim, the physical things. Because they were doing beautiful things, they were beautiful on the level of beauty. The idea that when you make a Shabbos table, you put on a beautiful table, it's beautiful, is one thing, yeah? But the idea that the actual plate and the food is godly, that they didn't, didn't have. They had the beauty of it, but they didn't have the idea of transforming the physical world and making it into godliness. Why? Because they didn't have the power to do so. that their physical things, should become holy. I want you to skip to the second column, eighth line from the top. Okay, I'm on page one, means staple on the left, here. Dakagan on the other hand. The mitzvahs was yidden, zane makayim, nach matan teda. The mitzvahs which we are able to fulfill nowadays that the teda was given. Haben zaydem koyach, they have the power, was der ebesh lagi geben durach zayin tzivoy. Based on the fact that we're not simply doing beautiful things, we're doing a mandate, we're doing what God said. And therefore, this empowers us to mam shech zayin kedusha, to bring down holiness, eich in the dvarim gashmim, also with the physical things, as the gashim zolven heilik, the physical things should become holy. Allow me to explain. And like I said, I'm going to assume, and I don't think this is much of an assumption, that you've heard this before in your Sikhist classes. The Medrash tells a story about a king who had a land, had a country. How do you keep people behaving? There's a lot of methods. One of the methods of keeping people behaving is limit communication. If one part of the country is rebelling, the other part of the country doesn't know about it. If one city has an uprising, another city is peaceful. So this king has his land, and he makes a decree. And the decree says that my land is divided into two. Raimi and Surya. Raimi means the high land. Surya means the low land. And the king says, Those who live in the upper regions are not allowed to descend below. And those who live below are not allowed to ascend upward. And the king had a roadblock, and he enforced it. If he tried to cross the roadblock, it was not good. And for many, many, many years, the king kept his nation divided. The Raimi and Surya, Raimi couldn't go to Surya, Surya couldn't go to Raimi. One fine day, the king lost his paranoia someplace on a trip. And he said, he's not afraid anymore. Ahmed HaMelech Obitla the king himself broke the decree and he says, B'nei Raimi Yehdu Surya, the people of the highlands can descend to the lowlands, B'nei Surya Yehdu Raimi, the people of the lowlands can ascend to the highlands, Raniya Maschel, I am going to initiate this process. The king said, I'm going to be the first one to cross the border from one side to the other, symbolically indicating there's a bridging of the two kingdoms, of the two worlds. Then the Medish goes on to say, when the Abishta created the world, he made a decree that said, Those that are above cannot descend below. Those that are below cannot ascend upwards. There was a division. When the Abishta gave us the Teda, he was mavatal this gezeda. He broke this divide. He broke this decree. And he allowed what's be- above to descend below, and what is below to ascend upwards. 
And then the Medrash adds two more words. I'll be the first. The first one to break this divide is the Ebishter himself. As the Pasuk says, God descended on Mount Sinai. God's descent on Mount Sinai was a breaking of this decree. What does it say next? After God Almighty descended, He told Moshe Rabbein to ascend, and He broke the decree from both ends. This is a Medrash. The Medrash has a Moshal and a Nimshal. The Moshals were a king. The Nimshals were a Matan What does Hasidus do with this Medrash? It's one of the most famous Medrashim you'll ever encounter in Hasidus. What does Hasidus do with this Medrash? What Hasidus does with this Medrash is as follows. The Hasidus says that when the Abishta created his world, he had two choices. You could be holy or corrupt. But you couldn't be normal. There was no such thing as balance. There was no such thing as the middle of the road. There was no such thing as a little of this. Either you're a tzaddik of such proportion that you had nothing to do with the world. Like for example, Noach, or Mesushelach, or Chanoich, or Shem. These were the very, very holy people, very godly people. But they had nothing in common with the society in which they lived. They're just holy people. Finished. If on the other hand, you chose, you selected, you elected to be in the world, you were a lowly person. You were not spiritual at all. The notion of a human being having a physical life and the same time having a relationship with God did not exist. It was an either or an or. Which meant as a practical matter, as the Apostle said, the heavens belong to God and the earth belong to man. One of the ramifications of this division, as it's brought in Hasidus is, that so long as this division held, there was no such thing as mitzvahs. There was no such thing as doing physical acts. Because doing a physical act means bringing godliness into a physical things. Physical things cannot be godly. In the pre Matantayra model, when there was this gezeira, there was the, this decree, there was this division between heaven and earth, you couldn't bring godliness into a physical mitzvah. Which meant to say, if you wanted to be religious, you had to be a spiritual person. You had to live, figuratively speaking, in clouds. To be in a very, very removed state. Your entire physical life would become a symbol for that spirituality, but you couldn't bring the Abish into your physical life. You had to remove yourself from it. So people had simple choices. It was a world of black and white. Either I'm going to be holy, in which case I'm not going to have anything. If I'm not going to be holy, I'm going to have to be lowly. Because in between holy and lowly, there was nothing. Then when the Abish gave us the Torah, he commanded us to do the mitzvahs. He didn't just allow us to do his commandments. He commanded us to do His mitzvahs. He gave them to us. In commanding us to do His mitzvahs, one of the things that He achieved was He broke the decree between heaven and earth. Now, when a person uses a physical thing, it becomes godly and holy. In other words, let's say for the sake of argument that Yankov Avinu had tefillin. Let's say Yankov had tefillin, yeah? They made it of leather. What happens if Yankov Avinu finished using his tefillin? He can use them for the reins of a, of a harness for his horse or his donkey. He can use them for scrap paper. He can use them to wrap coins or fish. Why? Because the physical tefillin were physical tefillin. The meditation, the meaning, the significance, the spirituality of tefillin was really beautiful. But the effect on the physical thing was negligible, was nothing. When the Abishta gave us the Torah, he made it possible for us to take physical things and make them holy, make them godly. 
And this is what separates us from the others. So girls, let's review this. I'm saying two things. They're different, but very, very, very connected. Number one, we do mitzvahs by divine command. The others did mitzvahs because they're beautiful. Number two, we do a mitzvah, we bring godliness into the physical things. When the others did a mitzvah, they raised themselves into a spiritual world because you can't do mitzvahs in the physical world, they don't meet. So let's read on, girls. Page 9, the last paragraph. From the Tzvei Terzait, on the other hand, Hagam has unzer the mitzvahs, and in a hecher adalgi with the mitzvahs for the others, though the mitzvahs we do are on a higher level than the mitzvahs that our ancestors did, is our bedavke, dos was the others, of Makayim, given mitzvahs. The opposite is also true. Only because before us came the others and they did mitzvahs. Skip the parenthesis. It gave us the possibility and strength to uns for us. As Mirzol and Kenim Akaim and the mitzvahs in Gashmis, we should be able to do the mitzvahs physically after them because it says, This is what we learned in the last year. We're better than the others. We're higher than the others. But we sit on their shoulders. And we have to appreciate that they hadn't come before us. And made Judaism a religion that was personal to them, we would never be able to graduate from that to the Madrega of religion, which is serving on Kaddish Baruch. So on the one hand, our Yiddishkeit is higher than theirs. On the other hand, our Yiddishkeit leans on them. Bottom of page 9, please. Since the fact is that our mitzvahs are higher than the mitzvahs of the others. But at the same time, we need their help. Kumt for Maisa Ovis to do with our ancestors. In other words, our Yiddishkeit may be higher than that of the Ovis, but it's on their shoulders. It says the Rebbe, top of page 10, the Riber, therefore, Hatsum Vin 16 in name mitzvah, it became necessary at least in one mitzvah, from the Ovis that was practiced by the others. Gedar Zayn in Gansen Gleich had to be altogether the same too. The mitzvahs for Nochmat and the mitzvahs we do nowadays. Of course, our Yiddishkeit was different than theirs. But the power for our Yiddishkeit to be different than theirs, we take from them. And if the power for our Yiddishkeit to be greater than theirs, we take from them, they have to at least set the stage how to do one mitzvah like we do. Just haste in other words, as the mitzvah gashmi, it became necessary at least for one thing, for the mitzvah to permeate the physical thing. As Ed aligns, all that in Kaddish of the become holy. Next paragraph, please. Because there was one mitzvah that the Ovis did, like us, the remaining mitzvahs that they performed, skip the bracket, to the mitzvahs, connection to us. The Ovis did mitzvahs spiritually. We do mitzvahs physically. One mitzvah of the Ovis had to be physical to give us the power that we should be able to do mitzvahs physically in their schos. Says the Rebbe, page 10, second comma, right here. D ain mitzvah from the Ovis. The one mitzvah that our ancestors did, like us, to give us koyach to do all the mitzvahs we do, like us, which is to pervade the physical world with Gashmir, with Godliness. There needed to be one mitzvah which they had that koyach. And that mitzvah is Mila. In other words, the mitzvah of circumcision is special. It is on our physical bodies and it brings holiness into the physical world. And by the way, girls, why am I stopping to show you the word Kedusha here? 
Because in the last class I pointed out that the neshama is called tohir. Remember? That's very significant. One mitzvah. We're not bringing purity into the world. We're bringing holiness into the world. In them davagashmi in the physical mitzvah. And the holiness remains and so on and so forth. And that's mitzvah's meal. So they always had many mitzvahs. But as a rule, the mitzvahs they did raise them up. They were spiritual mitzvahs that raised them up. We do mitzvahs physically and bring God into the physical thing. They needed to do one mitzvah in that way to give us the power to do it. This was mitzvah's meal. Next paragraph. The erkladung in them, the meaning is, the concept of abyss is two things. One idea is that it, it's a one-time act. The second idea is, in addition to the idea that the abyss uh, lasts for one minute, it's a continuing mitzvah. And the bris mila is something that lasts. It, it, it continues after the bris also. Turn the page, please. Page 2 or 11, whatever works for you. And the Rebbe develops this idea. I'm skipping a lot of the text of the Sikha for a variety of reasons. But this is the Nikod of the Sikha. And allow me to elaborate for a moment. I want to give you a pshat. Okay? When you learn Tanya, and when, of course, later on when you learn Hasidus, you discover what amounts to attention, a conflict, a difference between human beings, between Yidin, and the Ebrishta. What's the tension? What's the conflict? The tension of the conflict is what are we doing in this world? You ask a Jew why he's doing a mitzvah, and his answer is, because when I do a mitzvah, I'm going to closer to the Eivishter. I'm going to leave this word and closer to the Eivishter. In other words, what does a Jew want out of Judaism? To connect to God. Come to God and say to God, why did you give the Jew this mitzvah? And his answer is going to be, because I want the Jew to bring God to the most ungodly place. Our interest in Judaism is to get out of here. God's interest in Judaism is to bring him into this world. And this tension, this conflict, this duality, what's the best way to be a Jew? To live in Yerushalayim and sit and learn Torah 18 hours a day or to live in some remote place in the world and put film on with the Jews? Because you can put film on with Jews there too. If you're asking a Jew as a person, what does he want? He wants to be in a holy place. But if you're asking in terms of what God wants, God wants you to go where nobody else will and bring the Abishta there. This conflict, this tension, is not an either-or. The combination is Yiddishkeit. You want to know what Judaism is? Ratzai Vashayv. Running and returning. Wanting to be close to the Eibishter, and wanting to do what the Eibishter wants, and bring into the to the world. You choose one over the other, it's not Judaism. Either it's material, or it's spirituality that's not connected to the world. It is the combination that makes up the Jewish definition. Tayinah Mitzvah. You with me so far? In the Tanya, the Al-Tarebbe discusses these two ideas. The idea of a Jew getting close to God is discussed in the beginning of Tanya until chapter 34. The first half of the Tanya discusses getting close to the Abishtim. Chapters 35, 36, and 37. Three chapters. And the very beginning of 38, the Al-Tarebbe dedicates to the opposite idea. You want to get close to God, God wants you to bring Him closer to His world. You want to raise yourself above, God wants you to bring Him down. 
And the Tanya therefore presents you these two sides of the coin. What is the Yidwan out of Yiddishkeit? To be closer to the Ebishter, to make a Dira B'Tachtoinim. The answer is, you want to be closer to the Ebishter. The Ebishter wants you to make a Dira B'Tachtoinim, and you want what God wants. So you want two things. There's your selfish want, there's your personal want, and there's your a beautiful thing want, to be closer to the Ebishter, and there's connecting to God want, which is bringing the Ebishter into this world. That duality is not a conflict, it's a state of affairs. If a Jew wants to go on Shlichus, but never wants to work on his own spirituality, he will fail. If a Jew wants to invest in his own spirituality, but he doesn't want to give himself to a fellow Jew into the world, he's a failure. It's the combination of wanting to be close to the Abishad and investing in that closeness, and then sacrificing your personal advantage to help somebody else. That's the truth of Yiddishkeit. It's that combination. In other words, there's what we want out of Yiddishkeit, and what the Abishta wants out of Yiddishkeit, and what the Abishta wants, we also want. So far, so good. So the Rebbe says, this notion of us wanting to get closer to the Abishta, start with other Marishan. Every human being, if he chose correctly, wants to get closer to the Abishta. But getting closer to the Abishta is getting further away from the world. When the Abishta gave us the Torah, which is in the year 2448, now 2448 years is a very, very, very long time. In the year 2448, God came down on a mountain, gave us a Torah and said, okay, I'm redefining you. Your definition is not to get close to the Abishta, your definition is to bring the Abishta to the world. And He gave us Torah mitzvahs. And He said, Torah mitzvahs are not a beautiful thing. They're also a beautiful thing. Torah mitzvahs are not about you raising yourself above your world. Torah mitzvahs are about you finding language and form to bring the Abishter into the world. You understand? Okay. In other words, there's the spirituality of Yiddishkeit and there's the ritual of Yiddishkeit. The spirituality of Yiddishkeit is to raise yourself up. The ritual of Yiddishkeit is to bring the Abishter down. Now, in Tanya, when the Alter Rebbe discusses bringing the Abishter down, there are two discussions. Chapter 35 and chapter 37. Chapter 35 talks about bringing the Abishta down. Chapter 37 talks about bringing the Abishta down, but there's a difference. What's the difference? In chapter 35, bringing the Abishta down means doing mitzvahs with your body, with your flesh and blood. In chapter 37, bringing the Abishta down means doing mitzvahs with your wealth and your possessions and your home and your clothing and your car and so on. In other words, chapter 35 is bringing the Abish down, but not very far, only to your personal goof, which is close to your neshama. Chapter 37 says, no, no, don't bring it only to your body, bring it to the rest of the world. Rabbi say, this is what we share and what is different between us and the Ovis. The Ovis, as a rule, did spiritual mitzvahs, with one exception, Bismillah. What's Bismillah? They brought God to their physical flesh. And this is a prototype, this is an introduction to us bringing godliness to the whole world. But, they brought godliness only to their bodies. Avraham Avinu could not make his home and his clothing godly. His body he could make holy. We make holy not only our body, but our possessions, our part of the world. So Avraham becomes the first step. Besides for the mitzvah of Mila, everything Avraham did was personal, was spiritual. Mitzvah Mila was the physical mitzvah Avraham did which set the stage for us to do mitzvahs. But Mitzvah Mila was in the goof of Avraham Avinu. And by Hashem allowing Avraham Avinu to bring Godless into his own body, he set the stage ultimately to bring Godless into everything which is God, which is everything you see in the physical universe. 
Page 12, second arrow. Der mitvet euch verentfe. This explains why. Avraham Avinu had gewart. Avraham Avinu did all the mitzvahs. Nevertheless, he waited. Euch mekayim zayin de mitzvah smila to fulfill the mitzvah of circumcision. Bid der eibish atim gehesen until God Almighty commanded him to turn to do the mitzvah. Uner had zinit mekayim gezvezemazich alein. He didn't do mila on his own. Although other mitzvahs he did spiritually and mystically, how come when it came to this, he didn't? Because the mitzvah of Mila is endlich to the mitzvahs for Nachman It was the only mitzvah, the only physical thing Avram brought God in his to, which is goof. Avram set the stage for us. How? He brought holiness not just to his soul but to his body. We bring holiness not just to our body but to our world. But it's predicated in Avram is bringing holiness to his body. Dermit was the Ismam Sheikh Yedushe in the Mgashmi Alain. It brings Godliness into the physical thing as well. Un Aivdam Atar Gimust Haben Atziva. The only way to be able to bring Godliness into the physical thing is by having a divine commandment. Vas Dasiz and Asinas Kech Mamela, which is an empowerment that comes from the Yevish. So what did we learn today? We learned today that Brismila was a very, very big new milestone of Avinu's life. Lech Lecha was the first mitzvah. Brismila was the first physical mitzvah. What does it mean the physical mitzvah? There's the first opportunity that God allows a Jew to connect himself to the Abish to using physical things. In this case, their own physical bodies. Questions or comments? I'm sure many of you are familiar with this, but it's the next building block. Next week, we're going to learn a very fascinating idea. And that is, today we learn to see how Avraham Avinu did the physical mitzvah and elevated his physical body. We're able to have the physical world around ourselves. Next week we could learn something very different. When you we do a bris, what's the nusach you say in a bris? You don't know. And when your son has a bris and a good to show, you don't want to be there. Yeah. The first brach is the the moyel says alhamila. And if a father circumcises his own son, he doesn't say alhamila. He says lomel saben. Then the father says a second bracha. The second bracha is a shekedushanu mitzvaysa v'tivanu lachnisa bevrisa shal Avraham Avinu. That God sanctified us with His commandments, and He commanded us to bring our children in to the covenant of Abraham. The question becomes: If we're sitting on their shoulders, if our mitzvahs are greater than theirs, why every time you do a bris you mention Avraham Avinu? Okay.